This is Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D. This is our top 25 weekly rundown. Remember, if you don't like this show or you have any comments, com- contact me on Twitter at Cascade Hoop Talk. Force your friends to watch this show. Friends, don't let friends miss Cascade Hoops Talk. We'll begin in 30 seconds. Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D. Join us on Twitter, Cascade Hoop Talk. This is our top 25 for the week ending November 10th. If you like this top 25 show, join us on Twitter. Let me know. It's a tremendous amount of work tracking down every game in the top 25, reporting the details to you. If you enjoy it, let me know. I'll definitely continue. I just would like to know if there's interest in this show. Top 25 for the week ending November 10th, 2019. Let's start with number one, Spring Arbor. On Tuesday against Concordia at Spring Arbor, they win another close one, 78-75. Brandon Durnell, after Spring Arbor is down by eight with nine and a half to go, he scored nine points in the last five minutes to seal the deal for the Cougars. Durnell was unbelievable in this game. A double-double, 27 points, 13 rebounds. Close games don't always tip your way. And this bit Spring Arbor on Friday at Madonna, losing 93-91 in overtime. After swinging big leads both ways in the first half, the second stanza tightened up. No one would lead by more than five in the second half. And Madonna's Joshua Reynolds hit a layup with two seconds in regulation to give the fans some free basketball. Marindette and Durnell did all the scoring for Spring Arbor in overtime, but after a Brandon Durnell traditional three-point play to begin overtime, Madonna seized the lead and never relinquished. A pair of Henry Spite free throws sealed the deal for Madonna. as a big win for Madonna, especially after a 2-0 start they had. Paul Marindette had an incredible game. He scored 36. Brandon Durnell added 16. For Madonna, Dwight Burton led the way with 29. And Henry Spite right after him with 25. On Saturday, traveling to Ohio Christian, Spring Arbor squeaked by once again. 66-64. A close game the entire second half. Tied at 64 with 11 seconds to go. Following a double timeout, Spring Arbor spread the floor. And Paul Marindette used as much of the clock as he could, and drilled a 12-footer with two seconds two seconds to go for the win. Paul Marindette scored 13. Brandon Durnell's shot was not falling. He went 0 for 9. However, he grabbed nine rebounds and scored two at the line. Balance scoring for Ohio Christian, Jermaine Smith and David Froage, both with 13. Spring Arbor's 4-2 and two now. Durnell has been one of the best players in the nation through the first six games. But Spring Arbor's got to get more balanced contribution. Close games don't go your way all the time, and this could continue to bite them as the season goes on. You know Coach Cottingham will get the team rolling again just in time for league action. Their next game is November 12th. They host Grace Christian. Number two, Oregon Tech is 4-0 now. They traveled to Arizona and on Thursday met Park University. Oregon Tech defended their way out of a poor shooting night going 1-for-10 from the 3, but they defeated Park 71-45. Oregon Tech held Park to 34% shooting and 0-for-7 from 3, while out-rebounding them 43-28. to Balanced scoring for Tech as they had 5 players in double, double digits, led by Tyler Heave with 13. Here's an interesting fact. Only one 3-point field goal in this entire game. Tyler Heeb hit a three late in the first half to break the streak by both teams. I wonder if we see that anywhere again this season. 
On Friday, Oregon Tech traveled up to Prescott, Arizona to play Embry-Riddle of the CalPAC Conference. They won that game 74-53. Once again, defense was the story of this game. Oregon Tech holding Embry-Riddle to just 33% shooting and allowing only one three-point field goal. The Owls allowing only one three-pointer over the weekend. They also out-rebounded Embry-Riddle 51-31. Seth Erickson had 22 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists. Mitchell Fink, he controlled the pace, scored 10, 8 assists, 7 rebounds. And with those 22 points, Seth Erickson moves into the 1,000-point club. Erickson is one of the most efficient offensive players ever to play at Oregon Tech, and I've seen a lot of them. He's always in control, never takes a bad shot, and he and Mitchell Fink work well together. Fink just breaks down the defense, puts them on ice skates, and they they leave Erickson just for a moment. He can hurt you. Congratulations, Seth Erickson, 1,000-point club. Next action for Oregon Tech are three more CalPAC teams. On November 12th, they travel to Redding, California to play Simpson University, and then Tech hosts the Lithia Classic at Danny Miles Court, hosting UC Merced on November 15th and Antelope Valley November 16th. Number three, College Idaho also goes to 4-0. They hosted the Taco Bell Shootout this weekend, Friday against Portland Bible, defeating them 78-44. College of Idaho, also a top defensive team in the country, holding Portland Bible to 33% shooting and one three-point field goal. College of Idaho shot uncharacteristically poor in this game, shooting just five for 32 from three. But defense can't take an off night, and that's what C of I Yotes did, defend. Four players in double digits for the College of Idaho, led by Jalen Galloway with 17, Connor Desanye, Tough in the middle, 11 rebounds. He went 4 for 4 from the field. Portland Bible was led by Moses McEwen with 15. Saturday, the Yotes played Montana Tech from the Frontier Conference. It was a barn burner at the College of Idaho. They won 76-74. The first half swung back and forth with the teams trading significant leads. About midway through the second half, Montana Tech began nibbling at a 9-point lead College of Idaho had built. At the 5.43 mark, Montana Tech tied it at 63, and it was game on. Trading one and two-point leads the rest of the way, a final tie at 74 with 32 seconds to go. Following a Montana Tech timeout, College of Idaho used the entire shot clock, and the ball dropped through the hoop off the hands of Talon Pickney with just one, just over a second to go for the win. College of Idaho's Jake Bruner had a double-double with 10 points, 11 rebounds. Nate Bruniel and J- Jalen Galloway both chipped in 14. Montana Tech's Sindhu Diallo had 23. Next action for College of Idaho, they have a home-and-home against a bitter rival, Northwest Nazarene, an NC2A Division II school. They're right in the same neighborhood over there. They play at Nazarene on November 12th, and then they host them on November 19th. Those games are heart stoppers, and anyone and everyone in the Boise area needs to put these on their calendars and go get your butt in the seats there. Number four, Indiana Wesleyan is at 5-1. and one. They next play on November 12th. They'll be traveling to number 14, IU East. That'll be a tough road, ba- tough road game, and you miss that game, you'll be sorry. On November 19th, Indiana Wesleyan has a Cincinnati Christian still on the schedule. However, That school is closing, and they have suspended basketball. That would put Indiana Wesleyan out to November 26th for their next game. 
which is a monster game, traveling to number eight, Mount Vernon Nazarene to open crossroads play. Tied at number four, Morningside, they move to 4-0, traveling to Atchison, Kansas for the Benedictine University Classic to meet two Heart of America Conference NAI Division I teams. They played NAI Division I number nine team Benedictine College on Friday. One word, dominated. Morningside shut down Benedictine in the first half, allowing just 12 points. Do not adjust your set. Yes, Morningside held the number nine team to 12 points in the first half. Out-rebounding Benedictine 40-19, to shooting over 60% from the field and going 40% from three. Morningside put on an absolute clinic. Zach Imig had a double-double, 30 points, 10 rebounds, and for good measure, Trey Brown off the bench with another double-double for Morningside, 16 points, 11 rebounds. Jaden Bristol with 15 for Benedictine. On Saturday, Morningside playing Missouri Valley College, also from the Heart of America Conference, beating them. 75-58. They controlled this game wire to wire. They out-rebounded the NAI D1 team 43-28. Tyler Borcher's top man in this one for Morningside, 18. Ben Hoskins added 11. Casey Cody Jackson, 19 for Missouri Valley. Next action for Morningside, they begin GPAC play at home on November 16th against number 25 Dort. That's next Saturday. Number six, Dakota Wesleyan is 2-0. They don't play again until Wednesday when they travel to Dort to open up the GPAC season. And then on Saturday, the Corn Palace will host the first GPAC game of the season as Midland comes to town. And sports fans, a date to mark. November 20th, the Tigers travel to number 16, Jamestown. And that'll be good. Number seven, Oklahoma Wesleyan traveled to College of the Ozarks on Monday. They fell 85-76. Shooting the story of this game, College of the Ozarks held Oklahoma Wesleyan to 40 points from the field while shooting almost 48%. A tough loss for Oklahoma Wesleyan, a big win for College of the Ozarks. Tradon Rackley scored top scorer for the College of the Ozarks with 21. Caleb Stokes, 20.7 rebounds for Oklahoma Wesleyan. Oklahoma Wesleyan rebounding Wednesday against Bacone College and NAI Independent, 103-64. Lance Tipton's top scorer for Oklahoma Wesleyan with a double-double, 14 points, 14 rebounds. Caleb Stokes added 15 points, 8 rebounds. Bacone led by Kratis Graves with 12. Oklahoma Wesleyan is 3-1 now. The next action, they travel to Ottawa on November 13th and host Bacone on November 16th. Number eight, Mount Vernon Nazarene. They traveled at number 23, Indiana Tech, on Tuesday. Mount Vernon winning that game, 83-77. Although it was not a runaway, Mount Vernon led almost the entire game. They controlled the game in the second half with a balanced attack from Austin Jones, Jevin Knox, Jacob Paul, and Alex Johnson. They all had either 16 or 17 points, while Mount Mount Vernon kept Indiana Tech at bay the entire game. Jeremy Luciani led Indiana Tech with 13. Hosting Lords on Friday. Oh, wow, what a game. If you missed it, oh. Jevin Knox, he forces overtime with a three-pointer with 10 seconds to go. Then in overtime, Knox scores 14 straight points to put Mount Vernon up by 10 with 56 56 seconds left in overtime. Mount Vernon winning in overtime 95-87. 
Just a fantastic display by Knox and a big win to keep Mount Vernon undefeated. They're at 4-0 also. Jevin Knox, he finished with 27. Jacob Paul adds 20 for Mount Vernon. For Lords, Cliff Snow with 16. And Julian Egbo, a double-double, 11 points, 10 rebounds. Next action for the 4-0 Cougars. They are traveling to Rio Grande University on Tuesday and hosting Ohio Christian on Friday. Number nine, Madonna. Thursday. Number nine, Madonna on Thursday. We talked about that big overtime win at number one, Spring Arbor. Great rebound by Madonna after dropping two right out of the gate. On Saturday, hosting Indiana University Northwest, winning that game 89-79. This game never in doubt from the 12-minute mark of the first half. Nursing a 20-point-plus lead in the second half, Madonna pulled the starters at the three-minute mark. IU Northwest cut the final tally to 10, but it was not that close. Madonna simply outplayed IU Northwest, holding Northwest to 43% shooting while shooting almost 57% themselves. Dwight Burton had a great game for Madonna, 29 points, 5 rebounds, Joshua Reynolds with 19. Tremod Watkins and Troman Weston both had 15 for IU Northwest. Madonna is 4-2 now. Next up, right into whack action. Traveling to Aquinas on Saturday, November 16th and Lourdes on November 20th. Number 10, IU Kokomo on Wednesday playing NAI Independent Lincoln. Lincoln is a team that has performed well in preseason. IU Kokomo defeating Lincoln 73-64. Kokomo grabbing control of this game early, going up by as many as 18 in the first half. And Kokomo continued to pour it on in the second half, pushing the lead to around 20 for most of the half, until Lincoln made a late run to get it into single digits, but it was not enough as IU Kokomo knocks off Lincoln. Defense and rebounding decided this game. IU Kokomo held Lincoln to 37% shooting and out-rebounded them 46-29. If you can keep your opponent below 40% and pound them on the boards, you'll probably win. For Kokomo, Alante Harper off the bench for 22 and Darian Porch grabbed 12. Trayvon Trailer with 25 for Lincoln, and it was not exactly a free throw clinic. Uh, the two teams combined for a 10 to, for 20 performance. I hope the kids weren't paying attention. Lincoln is a very athletic team. They caused 25 turnovers for Kokomo, but it wasn't enough to overcome the defense and rebounding of IU Kokomo. On Saturday, IU Kokomo defeating Harris Stowe. Harris Stowe State of the American Midwest Conference, 85 to 64. Kokomo establishing themselves with a solid lead at the midpoint of the first half. IU Kokomo never looked back. With the exception of I, IU Kokomo from three, neither side shot well in this game from the field or the line. Kokomo out-rebounded 54-42 with obviously a lot of rebounds available. Deshaun Hampton, a double-double for Kokomo with 14 points, 13 rebounds. Traquan Spivey and Alante Harper, both had 16. Elmelik Martin Jr. with 18 for Harris Stowe. IU Kokomo moves to 5-1. and one. Next up, they travel to Taylor on Tuesday. And next Saturday, they travel to Moody Bible following an exhibition game at Evansville on Thursday. Number 11, Olivet Nazarene on Wednesday faced NC2A D1 University of Illinois Chicago and they came within an eyelash of victory. With UIC in control most of the second half, Olivet Nazarene began to chip away at about the 10-minute mark, and a Nick Reed three tied the game with three minutes to go. A jumper in the paint and a traditional three-point play by Goodwin Bohen 
broke the final tie with two seconds to go, and Olivet Nazarene fell 75-72. It was a very evenly played game, tight defense, with both teams shooting in the 30s. Very few turnovers, excellent free throw shooting, gave the fans a great game to watch. An excellent showing. Congratulations, Olivet Nazarene on the road. Godwin Bohen led UIC with 21. Olivet's Nick Reed played all 40 minutes, and he scored 22. On Friday, Olivet defeated East-West University 122-89. Nick Reed scored 27 in this one with 7 rebounds. East-West was led by Brandon Doherty with 18. On Saturday, facing Crossroads League Huntington College on the road, they won again 86-68, dominating the game from the first five minutes on, outshooting Huntington from the field and hitting 50% from the arc. Olivet's Alec Gross with a double-double, 14 points, 13 rebounds. Nick Reed and John Conton both with 18. Huntington's Caleb Middlesworth, a double-double with 21 points and 11 rebounds. Olivet is 5-0 now, two on the road for Olivet Nazarene next week. They travel to Judson on Wednesday and next Saturday, IU South Bend. Olivet Nazarene has been one of the top preseason performers, and they're going to put some pressure on the Raiders if, if they continue to play this well. And that's the Raiders, not the Raiders. Number 12, Cornerstone. They traveled to the Troll Classic, playing two Chicago conference teams. Friday, Trinity Christian. Uh, they secured a 78-69 victory, capitalizing on an 11-2 run midway through the second half. Trinity took a nine-point lead into the half. Cornerstone erased the lead early in the second half and slowly built a 10-point lead with four minutes to go, holding on for the win. Cornerstone won this game in the paint with a 58-24 advantage. Kyle Hayes with 18 led the charge along with Carter Knight with 17. Point guard Christian Rodriguez always also had 18, and Josh Decker had 23 for Trinity. Saturday, Cornerstone took on St. Xavier. St. Xavier building a 20-point lead in the first half before Cornerstone fought back to go, go down just by six at halftime. A tight game in the second half, a Tyler Baker three with a minute and a half to go gave Cornerstone the lead for good. Christian Rodriguez scored the final four points to ice the 81-75 Cornerstone win. Tyler Baker with 23 points, including four for six from three-point line, and Christian Rodriguez with 17. Joshua Evans with 23 for St. Xavier. Next action for the 4-2 Cornerstone team is Saturday. They start whack action traveling to Lawrence Tech. Number 13, Southwestern, played Manhattan College, defeating them 96-47. Justin Criddle with a double-double, 17 points, 10 assists. Andrew Hamm and Jaron Wright scored 18. Alex Matura scored 19 for Manhattan College. Not much of a matchup with Southwestern out-rebounding 50-17. Southwestern goes 4-0, but they haven't really been tested yet outside of the College of the Ozarks game. We'll get a better feel for this team in early December. Next action, they travel to Bethel on Wednesday and host Ottawa on Saturday. Number 14, IU East, on Tuesday played Huntington University, a crossroads team, falling to them in a heartbreak. 73-71, home loss. Huntington was able to hold a narrow lead in the final five minutes. Bishop Smith had one final opportunity to tie it as as time ran out but no soap. 
Despite a wide margin in rebounds and free throws, attempted and scored, IU East was simply outdefended. They shot only 36% from the field, while Huntington was 51%. Huntington's Connor Platt had 25. Caleb Middlesworth netted 22. Bishop Smith, 22 for IU East. On Saturday, IU East fell to College of Coastal Georgia, 79-61. IU East led by seven with nine minutes to go, but they couldn't hold on. College of Coastal Georgia controlled the game that final five minutes. IU East shot poorly again in this game, only 34%, and they were also out-rebounded, and they had 23 turnovers. IU East has an opportunity to turn this around and stay in the top 25 despite starting 2-3. and On Tuesday, they host Indiana Wesleyan, and then on Saturday, they go on the road and they play a good Michigan-Dearborn team. Following that up will be a big game Tuesday, November 19th, at Mount Vernon Nazarene. IU East needs to get two out of the next three. I know it's a tall task, but they're a strong program, well-coached, and and they could easily do it. Number 15, Marion. They opened up on Tuesday against Ohio Christian at home, and Marion absolutely dismantled them. They won 100-64, out-rebounding them, getting 13 steals. Marion dominated. For Marion, Christian Harvey scored 21 off the bench, Cameron Walter had a double-double, 13 points, 10 rebounds. Raybon Lewis had a double-double for Ohio Christian, 15 points, 10 rebounds. On Saturday, Marion traveled to Roosevelt, the Chicago Conference, and they soundly defeated them 88-61. Marion led wire to wire, holding Roosevelt to 39% shooting. Marion's Cameron Walter had 17 points, 9 rebounds in this one, barely missing a double-double. Matt Myers, 16 for Roosevelt. Marion's 2-0 now, and they host two games this week. On Tuesday, Simmons College of Kentucky, and Thursday, Thomas Moore College. Number 16, Jamestown. They traveled to Dickinson Wednesday, winning 91-83. The game was controlled by Jamestown and was not as close as the final score. Uh, Kind of a chippy game. Watching the game, it didn't appear that these two teams plan on sharing Thanksgiving together. Jamestown pounded Dickinson on the boards 57-27, held Dickinson to under 40% from the field. Mason Walters, who gets my vote for top true freshman in the nation at this point, now listen careful. 25 points, 18 rebounds, shooting 10 for 18 rebounds, shooting 10 for 13 from the field, Three for four from the three. He's a true freshman. How did Danny Nell get this guy? He played 38 minutes. Terrell Alfred has been terrific off the bench for the Jimmies. He scored 20. Montel Carlo, 21 for Dickinson. Next action for the 5-1 and one Jimmies. They travel to Valley City on Wednesday. That's their final warm-up before GPAC play. Saturday, they kick off the conference at Doan. Number 17, Union. They opened up conference play on Wednesday on the road at Bryan, and they fell, 76-66. to Bryan grabbed control of the first half. Union was able to tie the game a couple times with about nine minutes remaining, but Bryan quickly pulled away, separated, and they won down the stretch. Big Brandon Thomas, a double-double for Bryan, 16 points, 15 rebounds. Ronnie Carson led Union with 22. Saturday, traveling to Allen in conference play, Union gets the vic- their first victory of the season, 79-72. Union controlled the first half and most of the second, leading by 15 with five minutes remaining. An 11-1 run, and knock-knock. Allen was within five 
with just 44 seconds to go. Union hit free throws down the stretch for a seven-point win. In a game that featured 64 free throws, Union significantly out-rebounded Allen and held Allen to 35% shooting, but 25 turnovers by Union kept Allen close. Union is 1-3. They need to run off a streak of wins over the next two weeks to stay in that top 25. Continuing conference action for Union on Wednesday, they're on the road at Kentucky Christian, and Saturday they host St. Andrews. Number 18, Southern Oregon, they're 1-1, one one, idle this week, aside from an exhibition game. Next action for the Raider, they travel to Klamath Falls, Oregon for the Oregon Tech Lithia Classic, Friday taking on Antelope Valley, and Saturday UC Merced. 19, St. Francis of Illinois, they kicked off their season with conference action. That was their first game of the season. It was a counting conference game. They defeated IU Northwest 78-74. IU Northwest appeared to have a slight upper hand in the first half, but the game got got tight in the second half. With the game tied with under four minutes to go, St. Francis went on a 9-5 run to secure the four-point victory. Despite shooting poorly and being out-rebounded, St. Francis took advantage of 20 IU Northwest turnovers to get the win. Mitch Quasigrach led St. Francis with 24, and I'm sure I said your name wrong. Somebody get on Twitter and tell me how to say it. Rashad Richardson and Jason Peace with 14 for IU Northwest. St. Francis travels to Aquinas on Monday and back into conference play on Wednesday, hosting Calumet College of St. Joseph and Saturday traveling to Trinity Christian. Number 20, Voorhees. Played Tuesday, meeting Carolina Christian College, an unaffiliated program in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which used to be a place I lived. Voorhees won that game 107-72. Terrell Wyndham scored 19. Saturday in Winston-Salem, they beat Piedmont International, an NCCAA program, 92-81. Ashton Pierce scored 17. I know I said this last week, but it's very difficult to get Voorhees information they don't, they don't have it on their website, and the NAI site doesn't always have opponent stats. Next up for the 4-1 Voorhees team, they start AAC action, traveling to Middle Georgia State. Number 21, Warner, Tuesday hosting Florida College of the Southern States Conference, beating them 97-63. Daryl Mercer, a Warner double-double, 15 points, 10 assists. Jaquez Dickerson, also with a double-double, 10 points, 14 rebounds. Matt Simpson, 19 for Florida, traveling to Mount Vernon, Georgia to take a couple Southern States Conference opponents in the BPC Classic. Friday, they pounded Butte and Parker College, 112-79. Warner shot 65% and over 50% from three, giving the fans a clinic in this game. Maxwell Benoit led with 19. Bruton's Miles White had 23. Saturday against Middle Georgia State, a much tougher contest, but winning 107 to 100. Warner was up by 25 with 10 minutes to go, but Middle Georgia fought back. However, they could get no closer than three with a minute and a half to go. Warner hanging on for the victory. Warner had five players in double digits, and Maxwell Benoit scored 24 in this one. Chancellor Lockett led Middle Georgia with 26. Warner 6-0 now, and after an exhibition on Wednesday, they host Johnson and Wales next Saturday. Number 22, Bellevue of Nebraska, on Saturday hosted Avilia, defeating them 81-69. Jameel King led Bellevue with 18. Shandon Boone went off. He scored 36 for Avilia. 
He took 25 of Avilia's 63 shot attempts. I think I played with that guy before. Bellevue is 3-2 and two and traveled to Forest City, Iowa next weekend. On Friday, taking on Hope International and Saturday at Wayland Baptist. Number 23, Indiana Tech has struggled to begin the season. On Tuesday, hosting Mount Vernon Nazarene, falling to the number 8 team, 83-77. We detailed the stat line earlier in the show, but Indiana Tech was close the entire second half, uh, but Mount Vernon had an answer every time. The stat line showed a tight-played game, but Mount Vernon's defense holding Indiana Tech to under 50% was the difference. Saturday, hosting Trinity International, the Warriors were finally able, finally able to break through, winning 93-67. to Josh Klein had 22 points, and Tech's Lucas Learman had double-double, 15 points, 10 rebounds. Brandon McQueen and Thaddeus Johnson tossed in 13 apiece for Trinity. At 1-4 now, Tech needs a monster winning streak to somehow miraculously stay in that top 25. They can start next Saturday as they host Lords. Number 24, St. Francis of Indiana. They've been playing very well. On Tuesday, a tight game on the road at Lords, winning 72-70. After leading by 11 with 12 minutes to go, this one turned into a Donnybrook. Tied several times, an Antoine Cushenberry 3 with 54 seconds to go, put St. Francis up for good. Connor Lotzenheiser with 16 to lead St. Francis. Lord's leading scorer was Little Anderson with 18. Friday, St. Francis defeated Holy Family 88-64. Connor Lotzenheiser scored 14, and the senior from Convoy, Ohio, joined the 1,000-point club. Congratulations to Connor. It's a major accomplishment, and he joined some fine company. Mark Silas had 12 for Holy Family. St. Francis is 4-0, traveling to Michigan-Dearborn on Tuesday. That'll be a big game for both programs. Next weekend, St. Francis will host West Virginia Tech on Friday and Saturday play East-West University at home. Number 25, Dort. They have traveled to Orange City, Iowa this weekend. They took on Viterbo on Friday, winning 73-66. Cade Bleeker, 19 for Dort, and Tyree Young, 19 for Viterbo. Saturday, defeating Ozark Christian, 94-72. Marcus Winterfield with 19 for Dort in this one, and Nicholas Saren with 15 for Ozark. Dort is 4-1. Their next action are two huge GPAC contests. Wednesday, taking on Dakota Wesleyan at home, and Saturday, traveling to Morningside. We'll know so much more about Dort after those games. Some teams not in the top 25, but they're on our watch list. Bethel from the Crossroads, 5-0, defeating two top 25 programs on the road, and unless they completely fall apart in the next two weeks, they have to be ranked. NAI Independent, first-year NAI team, the Lincoln Lynx out of Illinois, started off with a bang. They're 3-3 three three now. Uh, after defeating IU East impressively, they stumbled against ranked teams. They need to go on another run and convince Raiders that they deserve, they deserve a top 25. Michigan-Dearborn, they're 6-0. and uh, They don't have that big signature win. That'll get everyone's attention, but they have their chance against St. Francis at home on Tuesday. Bethel, Kansas, they're 5-1 after losing to a very good Oklahoma City team. They'll get a chance to prove themselves on Wednesday, hosting number 14, Southwestern. Briarcliff is 5-0. They have one top 25 win. 
I believe they need to win three of the next four because their Dakota Wesleyan game will be after top 25 votes are in. Uh, they're sitting on a bubble right now. Concordia of the G-Pack, they're 4-0. They need to beat Midland and Briarcliff at home to catch the Raiders' eye. Antelope Valley, they're in the overlooked Cal Pack. It's a good team that took NAI D1 powerhouse, the Masters, right down to the wire. A tournament team last year, they just can't get anyone's attention. Uh, they're 4-1. They travel to the Lithia Oregon Tech Classic next weekend. They play number 18 Southern Oregon and number 2 Oregon Tech. Uh, so they'll definitely have a stage next weekend. And for the total surprise team, we pick Mount Marty. Picked 11th in the G-Pack. They're 6-1, and one, and they have their first opportunity to really make some noise November 25th when they play Jamestown. I want to go back to something I talked about last weekend. After I read technical fouls last week, a friend of mine made a great point. He told me that I don't know the circumstances. For all I know, it could just be two guys tied up underneath and the refs getting control. I agree. I won't do that again. And I apologize if I misrepresented anyone's play. However, the fact remains that as I review the games for the show, the sad fact is the majority of them have a technical foul in them. Uh, We all have a responsibility for the integrity of the game. Everyone just remember, this is college basketball, not the WWE. Please follow us on Twitter at Cascade Hoop Talk. Let us know how we can improve our podcast. Love to hear from you. You must insist your friends listen. Friends don't let friends miss Cascade Hoops Talk. This is Billy D. Thank you.